it's me, Reagan Snyder, and I'm back with another episode of The Story Of. Please pardon my voice. It's a little extra sexy in this episode because I have allergies and my throat is scratchy and I can barely talk. But you know what? We're going to get through this and we're going to get through it together. So something I want to know is why and how are there so many con artists in the world? You hear stories about them all the time. I just did an episode on Anna Delvey. That was a pretty a pretty crazy one. But I think this one might be a, maybe a little bit crazier. You listen and be the judge. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what Tinder is. But if you don't, it's a dating app. You can go on and browse through tons and tons of pictures, their profiles, their bios, And I think now you can even link your Instagram to it so you can go to their Instagram. Lots of people are on it. If I had to guess, I would say that you are on it. Unless you're married. Then probably not. Hopefully not. Anyway, so so the whole basis of Tinder is you can swipe through these pictures and swipe one way if you're not interested and swipe the other way if you are. And if you both swipe yes on each other, it creates a match and you are able to message each other and do whatever from there. You're able to be in touch with each other. There's this lady, a Norwegian lady named Cecilia Fjallhoy, and she's Norwegian, but she's living in London. And she's this cute blonde She's got a ton of matches on Tinder, like over a thousand. And like most of us, she has a type. So when she came across this 31-year-old guy named Simon Levive back in January of 2018, she was very interested in what she saw and and just totally his type, her type. He was totally her type. So he was an Israeli guy. He had dark hair. He had this impeccable style. So after kind of scrolling through his photos, getting an idea of what he looks like and what he's about, she reads his bio and then she clicks on the link that takes her over to his Instagram. And she sees that he's got a ton of followers. His pictures are just insane. Like he lives this very lavish lifestyle. He's always dressed up, super nice, Just looks like a cool, handsome dude living a cool, handsome life. So she's like, okay, okay. So she swipes yes, and it was a match. And right away, she got a message from Simon. He told her that he was only in London for one more night, and he asked if she wanted to meet up for just for coffee, just for a quick date. So she agreed, and she gets ready, and she heads over to meet up with him at the hotel he was staying at, which was the Four Seasons, which is a luxury hotel. It's a very nice hotel. And Cecilia felt a little bit out of place. She was early. She didn't feel fancy like all these other fancy people. So she just took a seat in the lobby and waited for Simon. So Simon comes stepping off the elevator and she recognizes him right away. He looks just like his pictures, super handsome, Super dapper, dressed real nice. 
and they hit it off immediately. During this short visit over coffee, she learned that he was in the diamond business. He was the CEO of LLD Diamonds, which his dad owned. And Cecilia is like, oh gosh, I, I feel a little bit out of my element, but Simon was very warm. He was genuine. He was charming. The conversation was great. During the conversation, Simon told Cecilia that he has a two-year-old daughter, but that he's not in a relationship anymore with the mom. He also told her that he was, he traveled a lot for business. He was always on the go and he just missed having a relationship. At some point after they're comfortable with each other during this conversation, this short date, he tells her that he has to go on a business trip over to Bulgaria and he invites Cecilia to come. And she's like, you know what? Why not? This was a crazy cool opportunity. She was really getting along with Simon. They're, they seem to have this connection. So she was like, yeah, I'll go. So Simon calls a, a car for her to take her to her house to pack up just some things for however long, a night or whatever. And she walks out to this Rolls Royce. This Rolls Royce is going to take her to her place. So she gets there, she packs up, gets back in the Rolls Royce, and heads out to meet Simon at his private jet. And when she got there, she was a little bit surprised to find that Simon's daughter and ex were there and they would be traveling with them. But she, you know, just kind of brushed it off. This was a fun opportunity. Not a big deal. And when she did find a moment alone with Simon's ex, she took that opportunity to ask about him to get some info, you know, woman to woman. And she had nothing but good, good things to say about Simon. She said he was a great person. He was a great dad. And he's still financially provided for, for them. And he's very generous. So Cecilia's like, okay, great. This is great news. So they're on the jet. Cecilia is just living it up. She's taking videos. She's trying caviar for the first time. They're drinking champagne. And she is just completely being swept off her feet by this guy. And when they got to the hotel that they were staying at, she stepped onto the elevator with Simon. And he grabbed her by the waist. And he kissed her. And Cecilia saw fireworks. And it was like a Disney fairy tale. She was so into this guy already. Later on, while they're in their hotel room, they're laying there, pillow talking, bonding, and Cecilia notices that Simon has some marks on his back, like scars. And so naturally, she asks him about it, and he is like, oh, you know, I, I did this stint in jail in South Africa. It was under false pretenses. I wasn't supposed to be there. I was innocent. My inmates mistreated me because I was Jewish and I they didn't like that. And that's that's how I got these scars is pretty much the summary of what he told Cecilia. And so at this point, Cecilia is like, okay, she just kind of takes his word for it. And I'm sure she was like, that's terrible. I'm so sorry you went through that. So the next morning comes after this amazing whirlwind of a night with this amazing guy. Simon tells Cecilia that she should probably just go home because it's a business trip and and he's just going to be really busy. So she's like, oh, 
Okay. So she goes home and she's just, she's probably cautiously optimistic, but inside she's like, oh, this is probably going to fizzle out. I probably won't ever see him again. So when she started receiving messages from him, she was happily surprised and they kept in touch. They communicated constantly over text. They would FaceTime. They did, Simon would send a lot of voice messages and he even surprised her one day by sending this big, huge, beautiful bouquet of roses to her apartment. So things were going good. They were still bonding. The fire was still there. Nothing was fizzling out. At some point, he came back to London and Cecilia and Simon quickly made plans to get together. And during that time, their relationship developed in, into this deeper level and... And Cecilia was ready for him to meet her family. She was planning a trip to Oslo to visit them, and she wanted Simon to come with her to meet him. And initially, he told her no. He he was like, I don't have any business in Oslo. There's no real reason for me to, to be there, which is freaking rude because your girlfriend just asked you to meet her family. But he came through. He ultimately ended up going and surprising her and, and showing up and meeting the family. After this, he was ready to take their relationship to the next level. And he asked Cecilia to be his girlfriend and she happily accepted. She was on cloud nine. So now they're in this relationship and Simon decides to show a little bit more of himself to Cecilia. And it's not the charming side that she is used to. Things are getting a little bit real. Simon is not safe. He's he's in the diamond business, and he's in the middle of this very, very big deal. It was a $70 million deal. And he tells her that the diamond business, like he said, is very dangerous. Um, he has enemies because of it. He tells her that he was receiving threats, and even though he had security, he just needed to be really careful. He showed her some threatening pictures that he had received. One was a picture of bullets. Another one was a picture of funeral flowers. And he even showed her some CCTV footage in Tel Aviv of a break-in that was related to him. But he reassures her that it's going to be fine, but he's not safe in London anymore. So Cecilia is like, oh, okay. She's really worried and and... Simon just, again, reassures her and sends himself on his way. So Cecilia's used to hearing from Simon pretty often. He, I mean, they communicate quite a lot. And after not hearing from him for a while, she started to get worried because, you know, he's got enemies. So she goes digging a little bit. She checks Tinder and she sees that he was recently active on it. So she asks him, asks him about this and he tells her that, they're, they're a team. It's you and me against the world. Things are fine. I, you're my only one. I deleted my Tinder, pretty much. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to Cecilia, Simon meets another woman on the app. She's a Swedish woman. Her name is Pernilla Showholm. And in March of 2018, so just a couple months after Simon and Cecilia met, 
Pernilla came across him, and like Cecilia, she found him very charming. She swipes yes, they match, and they instantly start a conversation. And Simon tells Pernilla that he was visiting Stockholm from Amsterdam, where he lived, and asks if he can fly her out for a visit. And Pernilla's like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And so Simon sets up the arrangements for her. She gets the flight confirmation in her email, and she starts to do a little Googling to find out about this guy she's flying out to see, and she sees that his dad is a diamond tycoon. Rich, rich, just like his picture showed. When Pernilla gets there to meet Simon, he puts on his best charming gentlemanly face. He opens the car door for her. And as always, he was dressed really nice. He was very easy to talk to, so warm. And Pernilla felt an instant connection to him too. So they go to this restaurant for lunch and they were just treated like kings. Absolute VIP service. The conversation continued to flow really easily between them. And afterwards, they went for a walk around town. And they they came across this diamond museum and so they went in. And Simon was just very knowledgeable, as, as he should be, right? He's in the diamond business. And he's just telling her all this trivia about diamonds He was telling her about the mines and where to get the best diamonds. So Pernilla's like, oh, probably like, you know, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Awesome. Cool. I can't speak for Pernilla, but you can imagine, right? So they spend the day together and towards the end of the date, it seemed that Simon was pretty interested in her and he went to make a move, but she was just getting more friend vibes off of him. So they talked about it they agreed to stay friends and she left to go home but a couple days later she found herself missing him a little bit she she had had a lot of fun with him and it never did turn into anything other than a just a close platonic relationship so they did keep in touch and the friendship was pretty solid he she she considered him a good friend he was very loyal uh there was even one day that she was having a bad day so he flew in to have coffee with her such a nice guy such a nice friend so let's take it back to cecilia during all of this with pernilla simon asks cecilia to move in with him he's like go apartment shopping the budget's 15000 a month and cecilia's like seriously This is freaking heaven. So she's checking out all these different places. She's just living her best rich lady life. And in natural, hopeless, romantic fashion, she's just daydreaming about their life together and starting a family. But then things get stressful again. She wakes up in the middle of the night to some texts that she got from Simon. And they were pictures and videos of Simon's bodyguard, Peter, all beat up and bloody they're, they were in an ambulance, and Simon tells Cecilia that this was the work of his en- enemies, and that if it weren't for Peter, he would be dead, but they were safe now. So poor Cecilia, I'm sure, is feeling all the emotions. Her boyfriend is in trouble, and there's proof. And then Simon finds himself in another pickle. 
So he sends Cecilia a voice message and he explains to her that his enemies were tracing his credit cards and he couldn't use them anymore because of it. They needed to be shut off and he asks if he can use Cecilia's card temporarily. And she didn't even second guess what he was saying. They were in a relationship. She's so in love with this guy. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know. He's in trouble. He needs help. I'm his girlfriend. I, whatever he needs. So she linked her card to his account and he maxed it out right away. And she's not concerned though, because she knows he's good for it. She's seen how he lives. He's very generous. And he even sent a receipt showing that he made a payment on the card. But then she gets another request from Simon. He needs another $25,000. But it needs to be in cash this time so that it's not traceable. So she needs to come out for a visit. So Cecilia's like, where am I going to get 20? I have to get $25,000. It's for my boyfriend. It's very important. So she went out and she took out a loan for $25,000 in cash, headed to Simon. She's paranoid and nervous to be traveling with that much cash on her, but she made it. And when she got to him... He expressed his gratitude to her. He was so grateful for what she was doing and helping keeping him safe. But then within an hour, there was another problem. Simon had deleted his social media and he had Cecilia set hers to private just to be on the safe side. And then he gets a call from Peter telling him that he know that his enemies know where he is. So Simon's like, turn. he's turning off all the lights in the apartment, and Cecilia's freaking out at this point. She's just so worried about Simon and herself, her well-being. I mean, her boyfriend's acting like a, a maniac because he's scared. When Cecilia goes home, Simon heads to Stockholm, and when he gets there, he sends her a geotag showing that he is there, and that was something that he commonly did. He always sent geotags to show his girlfriends or whatever, where he was. He also texts Pernilla to tell her that he's in Stockholm. So they go out together to some club and they just partied the night away. There were lots of girls there, tons of booze. Everything was on him. He was paying for for everything. After that fun, crazy night out, the next morning, Pernilla messages Simon asking if he wants to go out and get some coffee, but he tells her that he is in Spain already. So fast. So while he's in Spain, he messages Cecilia, telling her that the card isn't working, and she finds herself stuck on the phone with the credit card company, trying to figure it out while Simon's doing who knows what in Spain, supposedly. He tells her that she needs the lender to raise the credit limit. And she's like, um, how? I can't just snap my fingers and do that. So he offers to employ her. So she sends over her passport details upon his request so that he can add her to the employment registry. So then once Amex saw her pay slips that showed $94,000, Amex was like, cool, take our money. And they raised the credit card's limit immediately, which makes Simon very happy. And so he decides to go over to Mykonos to party. 
He calls Pernilla, his friend, and he sends her picture messages saying that he has found himself a girlfriend. She's this Russian model named Polina. And Pernilla goes and ends up meeting up with them. And she thinks that they seem like a pretty good match. Nothing amiss. And so she's supportive of it. She doesn't know about Cecilia. So back with Cecilia, she is getting ready for a visit to Norway to see her family. And she asks uh, she asks Simon to come along. And, you know, remember, they're still in a relationship. She knows nothing about this Paulina girl. <laughs> there are a lot of things I'm sure she doesn't know. And so he's like, yeah, sure, I'll come. I'll come tomorrow. But not long after telling her that he will come, he texts Cecilia and he's like, mm, I better not. My security team thinks that would be a safety risk. So I'm not going to come. Meanwhile, he's blowing through money in Mykonos with his new girlfriend. They're staying in this $5,000 a night hotel room. He's taken his cruise to this billionaire's club called Bonbonnier. I don't know if I said that right. But just to get in, you have to pay for a table, which is a $2,000 minimum. And so again, within no time at all, he maxes out Cecilia's card and asks her for more money. And Cecilia being the ever-dutiful girlfriend, takes out another loan for $40,000. And this just goes on and on. Cecilia ends up taking out thousands and thousands of dollars to help Simon. And then Simon decides that he wants to take Pernilla to Rome. And they're living it up. They're riding around in a Rolls Royce. They're checking out all the sites. Pernilla, at this point, is probably thinking, what a nice friend. What a generous friend. I'm so glad I met him. And then there's Cecilia back at home who's nervously waiting for the money that Simon promised to pay her. So when she asks him about it, he gives her the same runaround. You know, thank you. You're protecting me. You're keeping me safe. We're going to be together. We're going to get married, yada, yada, yada. When all was said and done with everything, Cecilia had taken out $250,000 from eight or nine different lenders to give to Simon. So I'm sure she's freaking out at this point. That's a lot of money that needs to be paid back. So Simon tells her, come to Amsterdam. I will give you a check. So she goes to Amsterdam. And when she gets there, he hands over a check like he said he would for $500,000, which is more than enough. Thank you, Simon. So generous. But he's acting really cold and distant. So she's like, what is going on? This sucks. When she gets back home to London, Cecilia cashes the checks or the check singular and she waits for her account to show it, you know, that it went through. Four days go by. The money wasn't showing up in her account. So she calls the bank to see what's up and they tell her that they wouldn't cash it, but they won't give her a reason why. So she goes to Simon, she contacts Simon, and he just coldly tells her that he did his part, he gave her the check, and it's basically her problem now. So now she's on the phone with Amex, and they can sense how stressed out she is. And they must be interested in a little bit of info, because they arrange to come meet up with her, and she, they sit down, and she just tells them everything that has transpired. They ask to see a picture of Simon, so she pulls one up on her phone and she slides it over to them. They look at it and the associates kind of looked at one another knowingly and one of them said, that's the guy. 
So Cecilia's like, what is going on? They asked her what he told her that his name was. And that's when she learned that Simon was not his real name. It was just one of the many fake ones that he'd been using. He wasn't actually this dapper, rich, suave dude. He wasn't even associated with LLD Diamonds at all. He was just some guy conning his way through Europe. And everything Cecilia thought she knew about Simon was a complete lie. That's a lot to grapple with. You're out 250k. Your boyfriend, who you thought you were going to build this life with, is a liar, and you have no idea who he is. So at this point, Cecilia just needs to be with her family. So she goes back to Norway and ultimately decides she needs to block Simon. And before she did, he told her that he was still working on getting the money. Mm-hmm. Tale as old as time. Then he realizes that Cecilia has him blocked, so he starts calling her at his mom's at her mom's house with threats. He tells her to watch out, that with every action there will be a reaction. So they call Norwegian police looking for some help because really Simon knew everything about her. He even had her passport details, but the police just didn't seem real interested in helping them. So Cecilia and her mom are scared. And as time went on, Cecilia's mental health health just went into a downward spiral to the point that she was contemplating suicide. So she ended up having to check herself into a psychiatric hospital for a little while. Then there's Pernilla, who still has no idea that any of this is going on. She has no idea that Simon isn't Simon. But then she starts to get texts from him where He's sending her these news articles about members of his family who were being arrested and that Russia was involved. And he tells her that all of his credit cards were closed down. Here we go again. And then he sends her pictures of himself and Peter all beat up and bloody. He tells Pernilla that there are people after him. The, just the same exact spill that he gave to Cecilia. And then he asks Pernilla for $30,000. And Pernilla's like, oh, that's that's a lot of money. She had been living with her mom to save up for a place of her own, but she had some savings and she wanted to help her friend out. And he had been so generous and loyal. And so she put all of, I think, all of her savings into his account, if not some. And then you've got Cecilia, back to Cecilia, who's searching high and low for answers because she's on the t- hook for 250 k And she needs answers. Who was Peter? Who was the baby mama who told her that Simon was this great person? In looking for answers, she calls American Express to see if they can give her any information. And they tell her to Google the name, I'm going to butcher this, Shimon, Shimon Hyatt. And so she does. And oh my, does she get answers? She finds this article in Finnish. And through Google Translate, thank you, Google, for your service, she discovers that in 2015, he had defrauded three Finnish women. He had told one of these women that he was in the weapons industry. He told another that he was a Mossad agent, which if you don't know, it's the National Intelligence Agency in Israel. And that is why he was in prison for defrauding these women. It wasn't under some crazy false pretenses like he told Cecilia so early, you know, so early on in their relationship. 
So Cecilia's at the point that she's like, I've got to stop this guy. So she goes to VG, which is the biggest new newspaper in Norway. And she's just praying that they'll listen to her and take the story. And so she tells them what happened and they can't believe the insanity of it all. And yes, they want to cover it, but they have to verify that the story is true, which would involve documentation. So there's some groundwork to do. So they ask Cecilia, you know, what kind of proof, evidence, documentation, whatever do you have that can support your claims? And she, I mean, she had a ton. They texted all the time. And she... I think went back and forth in her head for a second because, you know, these messages are very private and and intimate, but ultimately, ultimately she decided that, you know what, I got to put my, myself and my feelings to the side so that I can help other people because this guy needs to be stopped. And so she hands over 400 pages of documentation in an attempt to prove that Simon was bad news. I'm thinking VG must be popular for a reason because their journalists dig hard. While looking through women that he had conned over the years, there was one face that looked very familiar to Cecilia. It was his ex, his baby mama. It was the same woman who told her that Simon was so great. She was even part of his trial three years ago, and now she's telling Cecilia great things about him. What? Why? Why would you, why? Why? Why didn't she warn her? Journalists were digging and doing everything in their power to come up with evidence to prove that Simon and Shamon were the same person so that they could take the info to the police and get the police involved in this whole thing. So they decide to go back to the to his roots. They know that he's from Israel, so they set off a off for a trip to Israel to meet a journalist there. And on their journey, they made their way to an apartment that he was linked to. And they never went inside an actual unit, but the whole building was pretty run down. And they ended up running into Simon's mom there. And she was a little bit defensive and she wasn't much help at all. She just told them that she had no contact with Simon. So then they go to the Israeli police And they do recognize Simon and they confirm that, yes, this was the same guy who had been convicted in Finland where he conned those women. And he's been getting into all sorts of trouble since his teens. Back in 2011, he was suspected of stealing a check from an employer. And he did that several times. I mean, he went on after that to steal and even forge checks. This boy, he wanted easy money. I mean, we all do, but at what cost, you know? He would go on to forge a passport to leave Israel because he was wanted by the police. Can you imagine the stress that would come with being wanted by police? My goodness, some people just don't care. Anyway, while all of this is going on, Simon has no idea. And he's up to his same antics, just living life the way he knows how to live it. He's hitting Pernilla up for more money before he even pays her the original loan back. So because she's such a good friend and she has no idea who he really is, she gives him another $10,000. And with gratitude, he tells her he'll, he's going to pay her back the next week. Side note, 
When I was a kid, I did I did not understand the concept of borrowing money. It made it made no sense to me because in my underdeveloped noggin, I thought, "Wait, hold on. How are you going to borrow money? That doesn't even make sense. Once you spend money, it's gone." That's how smart I was as a kid. My parents are very proud. In this case, though, eight-year-old me was kind of right because Simon is borrowing this money and spending it all, and then that's it. It's gone because he's a liar. He never had intentions of paying these girls back. Okay, anyway, back to Pernilla giving him more money, $10,000, and Simon tells her that he'll pay her back, and he texts her a bank receipt for $100,000. But to whose surprise, that money never came. So when she talks to him about it, he has another excuse. I think he he's one of those people who just has a Rolodex of excuses that lives in his brain at all times. And he just pulls the first one available. And this time his excuse was that the bank wanted him there physically with his lawyer to sign documents. And Pernilla's like, okay, whatever you need to do, I'm getting my money though. And she ends up buying him a flight. I'm not sure what ended up happening with the whole bank in person thing, but Pernilla went on to to fund several flights for him to who knows where. She's just spending money on him. She still doesn't have the money back, and he tells her, "You know what? I have a watch that I can give you. It's worth a hundred thousand. Come get it. I will pay for the for the flight." So that's the plan. And then Pernilla gets a message on Facebook and it's this journalist asking questions about Simon. She freaks out because she's invested a lot of money into this dude. And she sends the message to Simon trying to figure out what's going on. But then he reaches back into his Rolodex of excuses and he tells her that this journalist is one of his enemies and he's just trying to get more information on Simon. These enemies are just really, really hassling him, aren't they? So now Pernilla's in this weird spot because what what's going on? And then the journalist calls her and they arrange to meet. He flies out to Stockholm, meets up with Pernilla and tells her everything. And she is livid. During this conversation with this journalist, she learns about Cecilia and what's been going on with, with Cecilia. Simon's whole scam was to use one woman's money on another to live up this lavish lifestyle and then another's money and so on and so forth. And because this fool's always traveling, authorities are having a hard time catching him. Pernilla had plans to meet up with Simon the next day in Munich and the journalists were like, "Ooh, okay, this is a good opportunity to try and catch this guy. So they make this plan. Simon picks up Pernilla. There's somebody else in the car. They're headed to the Mandarin Oriental, which is a really nice hotel, to have lunch at their restaurant. And Pernilla knows what's going on at this point. So she's she's freaked out a little bit because she knows Simon isn't Simon. So then they the journalists are outside hiding with cameras waiting to capture some some footage, some photography of this guy. And they're having this lunch and Simon's just ordering everything off the menu he gives Pernilla the watch that he promised her. And the whole time Pernilla is just thinking, who is paying for all of this? Because I, I show know it's not Simon. So they finish up lunch. They walk outside. 
the journalist gets some pictures, but then Simon catches them and his whole demeanor changes. He gets really mad and scary. So they all get in the car. I think there are three of them, Simon Pernilla and then Simon's friend. And he's just hauling it through Munich. He's angrily speaking to his friend in another language and Pernilla's freaking out. She has no idea what they're saying. So she's like, Simon, let me out of the car. And he does. He lets her out and Pernilla and the journalists go back to Oslo. And Pernilla takes the watch to a pawn shop to find out that, oops, it's fake. The watch is fake. It's not worth 100k. So if she wasn't before, Pernilla is 100% on the let's catch Simon bandwagon. And she's working with journalists to do everything that she can. And one day while she's with them, they record a phone call that she has with Simon on speaker. And at first, she gently tries to get him to tell her the truth, that as his friend, she should at le- he should at least tell her the truth. But he insists that he's not lying about anything. He is telling her the truth. And then she calls him out and she tells him that she knows what he's been doing and he gets so defensive and he tells her that she'll pay for double crossing him and that it'll be bigger than money just shouting threats obviously these women are really nervous about coming out with all of this info to try and stop him but they're determined to put a stop to all his shenanigans they he he needs to be stopped when this story is finally put out it goes viral and pernilla and cecilia decide to join forces to spread the word even more. They want to make sure that the world knows about Simon. Their next step was to just really get police on board with what they're doing. He was still on the run, but by this time, he had been reported to the police in at least seven different countries. And Pernilla and Cecilia were not his only victims. After the story came out, plenty more victims came forward with similar stories. And one of those people was Eileen Charlotte. She was a Dutch woman who he had met on Tinder as well. And Eileen actually went on to play a big role in some of the events that transpired to bring Simon down. They had been in a serious relationship for 14 months by the time that the news article went viral. And things seemed to be fine. I mean, he was I guess he was putting on a good face for that long. Because when she came across the article, article, which was titled The Tinder Swindler, with his face on it, she was like, what? So she's looking at it. She sees these videos of Cecilia and these pictures and videos and, and many of the other same things and stories that he'd shared with Eileen, including the videos and photos of Peter all beat up and bloody. So when she figured out the timeline, her relationship with Simon matched up with his relationship with Cecilia. And it was the same story for Eileen. She remembers him as being very genuine and warm and talking about their future and starting a family together one day. And that he told her, he told her that she should also go apartment hunting and they should live together. Eileen had unfortunately lent him money too. She ended up in the hole for Simon, 140 thousand when she confronted him on this article he told her there's the rolodex again he told her that it was fake and that cecilia and pernilla were enemies being paid by his enemies to make him look bad like at at what point do you just give up man 
that's so many lies to keep up with. I truly do not understand how people like this sleep at night. So Eileen, who isn't an idiot, calls the police, who tell her that they're building a case and they just need time. Then she reaches out to Pernilla and she tells her that she wants to do whatever she can to help catch him. Eileen found herself in a position of a little bit of power in bringing Simon down. So she decided to just play it cool, pretend like nothing happened. She believed him. She was totally on his side. It was them against the world. She kept the relationship going. And of course, things are still normal in Simon's world. And he asks Eileen for more money, even suggesting that she sell her house and pawn her car. Simon had a credit card sent to Eileen and the name imprinted on it was David Sharon. She knew that he was trying to create a new identity and so she immediately took a picture of it and she sent it over to the police. So she's playing her part. They're still in this relationship, or so he thinks, and he invites her to go to an appointment in Prague for plastic surgery. He was looking to completely restructure his face to look like a different person And the doctor flat out told him no, because only criminals do this. And poor Eileen is spending these days in Prague, keeping up the facade of being his girlfriend while simultaneously being absolutely disgusted by him. The morning she left, she packed three suitcases full of his clothes. She was in the luxury clothing industry, and she knew that Simon had a closet full of designer clothes. They were worth a fortune, and she told him that she would take his clothes and sell them to get him some money. And so she takes these three suitcases full. Before she leaves, he hands her a letter and tells her to read it on the plane. And in the letter, he just, same BS, he's explaining he's so grateful that she believes him and that he wants to marry her and asks her to help him with everything that she can. So when Eileen gets home, she starts listing those designer clothings, clothes on eBay and keeping the money for herself. It wasn't everything he owed her, but at least it was something. And she strung him along for a little bit, but then when he realized what she was doing and that she was keeping the money, he got really aggressive and threatening. He would send her these long voice memos some of them were like 20 minutes long, but then other other text messages would be really sweet. It was just very back and forth. And at this point, it's it's pretty much over for Simon. He's out of money. He has no one left to manipulate. And he was desperate. He grew a beard, because don't they always? He was sleeping in hostels, and he was eating people's leftover food at the mall court, at the mall food court. He was pretty desperate. And then one morning, Eileen gets a text from him asking if she'll buy him a plane ticket so that he can fix everything. And during this conversation, one of her messages went unread for a while. And that wasn't like Simon. He was always on his phone. And so she made the connection that he was already on a flight using the name David Sharon. And she immediately emailed the police the details. When he did finally message her back, it was to tell her that he had been arrested and he asked her to help him. Hmm, Poor Simon. Simon was sentenced to 15 months in Israel, of which he only served five, which is sick because it wasn't even over the money that he stole. It was for using a fake passport. He even had the audacity to launch a business website offering business advice. Okay, 
And no, he has zero connections to the real Levi family. Don't know who Peter was. And unfortunately, Simon or whoever this biscuit eating son of a monkey spank titty talking orangutan fool is. He's living as a free man in Israel. I couldn't find his Instagram account. I'm guessing he deleted it. But after his release, he was up to his same BS. He was posting pictures like he lives this luxury lifestyle. And I don't know, maybe he was. Maybe he used the money from the Netflix documentary about this whole thing. I don't know. I think that's illegal. Maybe not everywhere. I don't, I don't, I don't freaking know. But I do know that this dude is trash. And I can't believe he got out after five months. And that he wasn't even, it wasn't, he wasn't even sent to prison for stealing money. Overall, he swindled $10 million from people across the globe. Pernilla lost 45000 Cecilia lost 250000 And now they're both stuck trying to pay off these debts while he's just living his life with some model girlfriend. He seriously, he has a girlfriend. I know what to do in sis. So you probably know or have seen the documentary on Netflix, The Tinder Swindler. When they asked him to be a part of it, he came back with a voice message full of threats of a lawsuit for defamation. <laughs> After the world heard about Cecilia, Eileen, and Pernilla's financial situations after this mess of events, people wanted to help. So there's a GoFundMe page for them collectively. And as I tell this, people have donated just over 183,000 pounds to their account. And I mean, their troubles are far from being over. They need more money. Pernilla is currently in a lawsuit with the bank who paid out all that money and the judge ended up ruling in the bank's favor. So there's just a lot going on in their lives. And while she doesn't love the circumstances under which she met Cecilia, Pernilla did find a silver lining in all of it because Cecilia and her have formed this really tight friendship. They consider each other best friends now. Pernilla, Cecilia, and Eileen are clearly substantial victims of Simon's. They were the focus of the Netflix documentary, but his very first victim in a scheme like this was a girl named Courtney Simmons Miller from Cambridge. She had met Simon way back in 2008 when she was 19, and they worked together. They were never romantically involved, but they were good friends. But the lies were always there. He told her that he was a secret millionaire and that his dad had him working at this mall kiosk selling hair extensions and curling irons to teach him to learn the value of money. That's why he was working there. He told her that he was about to get his inheritance and start a business. And he offered Courtney the role of his personal assistant, which would pay a lot more than a kiosk at the mall. So she accepted the position, and one of the first tasks was to rent a BMW for him so that he could look impressive when he went to meetings. So she rented the car in his name with his credit card information, but that credit card turned out to be stolen in Israel, and it led to the arrest of both Simon and Courtney. And somehow Simon fled the country and just left Courtney to take the fall for all of it. She faced up to seven years in prison if she was found guilty. And after two years of a living hell dealing with this, Courtney was acquitted. Can't believe that happened. 
Another of Simon's victims is a woman from Derby, England, named Samantha Hale. And she had also met him on a dating site, a dating app. It was a different one. It was Plenty of Fish. He made sure, you know, just like all the other women, women when they met up, he put her in one of the nicest hotels. He explained to her that he was part of Mossad. And whenever she asked for more details about it, he would get really shady. So I don't know if he just wasn't used to people questioning him. So he shows her his identity cards and... She says it It was so obvious that they were fake. And then he told her that he was on the run. And so she has more questions about, about that. And that's when the charm turned off and the psychotic turned on. He totally turned on her, tried to tell all of her friends that Samantha had stolen money from him. I mean, this dude's nuts. Simon, as of now, is trying to use his newfound quote-unquote fame to write a book, to host a dating podcast where he shares the do's and don'ts of dating, and he pitched a show where women would compete for his love. <sighs> what? The dude's delusional. Oh, and Tinder has banned him permanently from using their app, though. So there's that. I think the other big dating sites have, too. So there's that. I do hope Simon writes that book. I would love to hear the ridiculous narrative that lives in this idiot's head. So that is the story of the Tinder swindler. If you'd like to reach me, you can do so on my Instagram page at Reagan tells stories. Make sure you spell my name right though. It's R E G A N not R E A D A N. People like to mix my name up a bit. I don't know why my parents spelled it that way. Well, actually I do, but that's a different story for another day. Have the best day. So grateful for you. Bye.